Hey, listeners, it's Jeff Cross, your host of the podcast. And uh, without any further ado, I want to jump right into this episode because uh, I'm really excited today to have Becca Jacobs, who's a human resources manager at Instramart uh, on the podcast. Uh, Becca's here to talk about what are unique, uh, what unique things that Instramart has been up to in regard to the company culture and putting their people first. And so, uh, Becca, first of all, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jeff. So it would probably be helpful for folks to, to know what does Instramart do? And then what's, tell us a little bit about you and, uh, and what you do for Instramart. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Instramart's located, we're in South Burlington, Vermont, and we sell test and measurement equipment. Um, so if you have a process or a... Um, something that needs to be measured or monitored or controlled. So um, it can be from water in a municipality to temperature controls in the food and beverage industry, oil and gas. Um, we sell a product that is typically going to be used in those applications. Um, our differentiator, I would say, and what makes us really um, unique and successful in our field is that we have a, about half of our staff is made up of application engineers. So we have, um, our Salesforce are schooled engineers who, when a customer calls in and they have a problem or a process they're trying to fix, they have a team of engineers who really know the ins and outs of how to help solve that problem, what the machines we sell and the equipment we sell does. Uh, so really an in-depth uh, support system to help them figure out what the product they need to get is, and then we provide tech support on that for the life of the product. And uh, I'm the human resources manager here. So have you always worked in HR? No, I have not. Um, it's kind of a funny story how I came into that. So I applied for a job here at Instrument about 10 years ago, and I did not get the job. Um, at that time, it was for one of our customer relations roles. They had somebody a little better suited to that role. But the my boss, uh, who interviewed me, liked me, thought I interviewed really well. And so he hired me to just kind of fill a variety of tasks that weren't getting done or that he were piling up on his plate at that time. Uh, about a year, within the first year, we realized a lot of that was the human resources role was being held, uh, being taken care of by top management. And so we decided to carve out a role for me in that um, since it was something I was really interested in. So I went to school, I went to uh, Champlain College for my certificate in human resources management. And I have been learning on the job since over the past nine years or so. So I fell into the role and I'm very thankful that I did. It makes me think of it's So your boss, I guess, must subscribe to the good to great uh, philosophy of just get the, the right people on the bus and then, uh, and then you could find the right seat for them, right? Absolutely. That's a... Have very much the Instrumart motto and kind of mantra here that um, when you've got the right people, you, you can really, you know, with some exceptions, obviously, but you can, most people can be trained and, and learn to do a job if they're interested. Um, it was yeah. something I was naturally interested in. I don't, I don't think I had thought of it as a career path prior, um, but I'm very thankful. And it's, it's really something, a, a profession I've, I've come to love and excited to continue to learn more and Sitting for my HR certification this spring, so just going to keep keep studying, keep learning, always. Yeah, and it sounds like you're in the right place for that because you know the reason that we have you on as a guest is we know that you have 
you spend a lot of time on culture. And so, you know, regarding workplace culture, there's two common words out there that get thrown, thrown around quite a bit. Uh, that th Those are two words, workplace culture, that get thrown around quite a bit. So, you know, what does workplace culture mean to, to you and to Instramart? Yeah, um, when I think of culture, I think of like, the character or the personality of a, uh, of a company. And um, I think it really, you know, it's displayed in our leadership. And so not only does the management team be the ambassadors of our culture, but you're going to see it represented and, and live within every person, all levels of the organization. And it's, you know, your, in your values, the company values uh, to the traditions, the, the quirky routines and, and the, the fun that we have here. So yeah, I guess I see, culture as the, um, the character of the company. And we kind of, we make a joke, we um, add instru, like from Instramark, instru everything. So it's instru food, instru, <laughs> instru sports. So that our character or in our uh, culture really pervades everything we seem to do here on a daily basis. I, I just happened to notice in the sort of the, the meet the team uh, part of your, your website, uh, you capture that that fun environment and people being uh, individuals. Uh, I, I think it's maybe your president that his picture. He's he's wearing a helmet. Um, <laughs> like race cars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a race car helmet. Okay. I wasn't sure it's was a motorcycle, or race car, but right. And so it's it's just evident from from the website that you know that's the kind of culture that you're you're promoting. Um, Becca, one of the reasons we have in the podcast today is also that that. I, I know you have relatively low turnover, many, if not most of your employees uh, haven't worked there for, for a decade or longer. So what's your secret there? I, I'm, I'm going to assume that you're very intentional with your recruiting and retention. And, and what does that look like? How do you, how do you drive such low turnover? Yeah, thanks. I, that's a great question. I actually, uh, I think our average tenure right now is right around 12 years. So, you know, as a only 10 year employee, I'm still in the newer group, um, but I think that that culture um, and the shared values are really the secret sauce. Um, so our, the president of the company, Brian Leffler, he's got a, you know, his, his mission statement, and it starts with the, the, the first few sentences are, do the right thing, have empathy, have fun. It just goes on from there, but I mean, when you're based in that, you know, doing the right thing and having fun and empathy, people's, people want to stick around in that kind of environment. So we're, we're really trying to embrace the whole person. Um, you know, we sell flow meters, but we're having fun while we do it. Um, you saw it on the website. We really like to um, bring fun, bring the whole person, the family into the, into the workplace. So, um, when people feel taken care of and supported as a whole person, they show up, they're going to work their, they're going to work their hardest. When the customer experiences that, the customer is going to have a great experience. They're going to be a repeat customer. Um, it's really that cycle of treat people really well. They treat their coworkers really well. They treat the customer really well. And it, it just continues. When you, so when you're hiring, are you hiring predominantly to, to fit that code? So I love that, right? So, so do the right thing, be empathetic and have fun. Are you explicitly looking for those qualities or, or people that are going to fit well into that, into that mission, if you will? Absolutely. I mean, there's, 
there's the job qualifications, you know, what degree or what prior experience or knowledge you need. And then, yeah, we're, we're interviewing to find out, um, to find those examples of those soft skills that are, those are the ones you, you can't train for the most part. Um, you know, you, you're going to have that, that type of personality where you're willing to chip in and do any job um, at any given point. You know, if shipping's low, I don't think there's one person in this building who hasn't gone out, packed up a box and helped make sure it's, it's on the truck in time to leave. So we want the um, type of person who's, who's really willing to chip in anywhere they can, um, who's going to be there to lift up their teammates when um, they may need to be out of work for whatever reason. So that, that culture fit, that personality um, is absolutely something we try to get at during the interviewing process and the hiring process. And then, and then, you know, kind of just start scrolling through your social media um, is that um, you've got a lot of five-star reviews and great testimonials. And we've talked about this on the podcast in the past, that, you know, employees' well-being and experience at work is going to affect an organization's performance and bottom line, either negatively or positively. So, do you think the, the so do you think those reviews are a direct byproduct of 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 your culture? Absolutely. I mean, hands down. You yeah. Know, you've been in like let's say a store or a restaurant, you can tell your server they're having a day or they're not feeling valued, and and it translates to the service you get when you have employees who feel they know the company invests in them heavily. Um, cares about them as a whole person who's going to, you know, maybe take care of them, customers feel that. Um, so absolutely, I think our reviews are an absolute reflection of um, the type of people we hire, the type of people our employees work with, and, um, you know, the empowerment we're giving to our employees every single day. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how do you, how, you know, like, how do you expect your employees to take really good care of, of and be empathetic toward your customer if you're not taking good care of and being empathetic to your employees, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, we, we really pride ourselves. We are a very employee-centric company. We're going to put every dollar, every resource into valuing and taking care of our employees you can and when that trickles down they are you know exactly they're passing it on to the customer and that whole do the right thing it may sound so simplistic because i think it really can it can be like treat the employees the way you'd want to have you and your family members treated and your friends and watch them do that to the customers and watch that come back in the term uh in the form of sales and happy repeat customers um yeah, sometimes simple is better, and I think you know we. I get I get back to your very simple. I I already remember it. You told it. You told me what do the right thing and be empathetic and have fun. It's simple, and that and that. But it it allows people to really you know breathe it and live it and and feel it. And uh, so so simple works sometimes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so how have things changed for you and your staff since a year ago, March 2020, and, and the pandemic? Have there been challenges uh, for, for you guys at Instramart, and how have you dealt with those? I think our biggest challenge is probably a very similar challenge to what many people are facing, which is the need to physically separate. Um, so when we um, when this all first began, we sent, I think it was about two-thirds of our staff had to um, immediately went to work from home. Um, 
our shipping and our lab. And we had a couple areas that needed to stay within the building, but for the most part, we really, everybody spread out and we're no longer um, in close physical proximity. And that was, that's a big part of our culture and our success is this group think that um, we have a very open office and people here over here a challenge and they work together for a solution. So if a customer calls in with a challenging application, that engineer may pop up and look to their other engineers to, to get some guidance on how they may want to solve the solution. Um, or, you know, even as simple as passing um, in the hall and, and connections with people. Yeah. Have to be much more intentional with your communication when you're physically separated. Spontaneity doesn't tend to happen. Um, you're not bumping into people on, on a Zoom call. Um, you really have to be intentional with connections. So I think that's the biggest challenge is um, the physical separation. So what, yeah, well, so what have you done about that? Because you're right. I mean, I think there's a lot of organizations that would say, yep, same, same thing, same problem. So how, what have you done? How do you keep people connected and kind of keep that connectivity? Absolutely. So one of the first and fastest things we did is, um, you know, it's probably pretty simple, but we moved to Slack for our um, in-office messaging system. So um, that really, it, it, the quick connections and also there's, I don't know how, if you're familiar with Slack, but there's also, there's like group channels and some of the channels allowed us to preserve the parts of our culture that are so near and dear to us, like the industry food channel and the work from home pets channel, um, but allowed us to maintain some of the connections that were things like that we like to chat about when we were all together. Um, so that's helped. We um, actually, this week we've got going on, we're calling them fireside chats, um, but the president has small group chats going with everybody in the company just to kind of talk about where we are at a year later and um, you know, connecting different groups together and just opening up communication. So. How frequently is, are those fireside chats? So this is, um, this fireside chat is the first time we've called it that, but these small group video chats, um, they've been happening regularly, but this kind of state of affairs um, is something we're doing a year into the pandemic and just formally, here's where we're at, here's where we see the next thing going. So those are going on this week and people are really liking them, but, um, you know, we're, con we're consistently getting creative of, all right, how are we going to connect um, everyone that we can right now? It's a challenge. It's a ongoing challenge for sure. Before the, the pandemic, was was it the kind of environment where people would not just kind of be bumping into one another during the workday and sort of collaborating, but did you all hang out with one another socially as well? Absolutely. We're a really connected group. Um, so, and I love how, how varied the groups and the um, extracurriculars there are. So there's you know, the obvious ones of the people who like to go snowboarding together or are into mountain biking, but we also had a crafting group. So um, we have several quilters and crafters and they would bring their machines to the building on the weekends and, and just sew together or gardeners um, or people who just enjoy good food and good beer and would go out together down in Burlington and um, try out some new restaurants. So very um, varied and close group that had a lot of different ways to be able to connect. Well, I'm sure people are, are still, you've done a lot to try to keep people connected, but I, but I think people probably are still uh, itching to get back into the, into the office. Do you think? Absolutely. I think, you know, and we we're creative with it, be it, you know, 
there's there's so many um technologies you can use right now to try to stay connected but i think there's there is some fatigue of that too um so i think that the human connection we're all ready for it um we're excited for when that can happen safely and uh so we, our office used Slack for a little bit, and then we we company wide moved to Teams, but same functionality with different channels, and and you know we were chatting with one another, and I, I, you know, spending a lot of time on it. I think when we get back into the office, a lot of that will be replaced by just the drive by, pop in, pop your head in, swing, you know, like, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Sounds like a lot of people are looking forward to getting back to that. As much as it's going to be again another big shift in routines for people, this is a year in at this point. So now people are pretty comfortable working at home. I think um, from everything I'm hearing, people are very much ready to at least have some time back in the office. Yeah, yeah. So what else? Anything else that you've done unique to try to keep people engaged and and let them know that you care? Yeah. Um, one other cool thing we did was we called them again. We instrumented this totally. We called it the Instacare Mobile or the Instra deliveries, but we started a chain of um, gift boxes where we dropped off a couple things that to each employee's house that we knew they'd really like. So um, their favorite snacks or some of their favorite beverages, or if they had kids, some coloring books and bubbles. And then we basically tagged off to them and, and we did them outside and socially distanced. And then we tagged them off and had them choose another employee. Um, to go do the same for, to do the shopping for, to drop off the gifts, um, and kind of just throughout the whole company. And so people really liked not only obviously receiving them, but to be able to be part of the, the process and the deliveries and uh, connecting with people in kind of a new and unique way. That's so cool. It's like a secret Santa, but not, not during the holidays. Yeah. During <laughs> yeah. Spring, summer, twenty twenty, just trying to get on, get through everything. So, yeah, and, and probably what's impactful there is that it's personal. That it's not you didn't send the same thing to everybody. You just you you let people pick something that's going to mean something to the person they're buying for and delivering to. And that, I think that's important is is to to make it personal. Is that do you agree? Absolutely. I don't think it would have felt the same if we just sent a you know a twenty five dollar. Uh, generic gift card. Yeah. Uh, we knew that, um, you know, who's in their household and um, what kind of snacks they like, because what do they gravitate towards in the office or um, are the kids at home and, and needing some sort of distraction. So absolutely, I think that that really made it personalized and nice and people appreciated it. Yeah. Becca, uh, from what I understand, tell me if this is true or not, that uh, your company, Instramart, has a 100% no employee cost health plan, meaning that they don't have to pay any premium uh, and, and there's no cost share, uh, you know, at point of service. And so is that, is that true? Did I hear that correctly? We'll have that correct. It is a, it's definitely a unicorn of a plan, I would say. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And so I, I don't know if you could briefly explain how, how in the world you can make that happen. And then, you know, what would you say to a business owner or CFO who, who would say, wow, you know, we, there's no way we could afford to do that. I would say that may be true. Uh, you may not be able to do 100% pay because I think it is, it's, it's absolutely a financial investment and decision um, management made before I started here that that was an important part of what they felt was doing the right thing. 
I remember um, very clearly early on, my boss said to me, he said, the last thing I want any family thinking about if they're in a medical crisis situation or if they've got something going on in their family, the last thing I want them thinking about is that medical bill or if they can afford to go to those appointments. And like that really, that really sat with me of, of the, when they say do the right thing, what they meant. Um, so when I say, you know, not every company may be in a situation where they could do that, but what they could consider is, um, let's say if the employees are currently paying 25% of their healthcare, can that company consider chipping in maybe 5% more to drop it to 20%? Take small steps. Um, yeah. And you'll see the employees will feel that and value that. And when they feel invested in, and when they feel that care, I would venture to guess that they're going to see that because that employee working harder, that's going to translate into you know, more sales or um, more profit profitability. And so it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I would say find the ways that you can invest a little more um, or a little more thoughtfully into your employees. And I think it'll, it'll come back. It's just that, that cycle that we've really seen. Yeah, right. This also has to be one of the reasons why you have such low turnover and, and such longevity with your employees. Yeah, they, they, they tend to really like this benefit. <laughs> and, you know, we'll, we'll cling to it as long as we can. It's, uh, it's I, I, I can think of a few times during hiring situations where, particularly with younger employees, they've said, you know, I, I was reviewing the job offer and my parent told me to double check. Are you sure there's, there's really no cost? There's, there's, that I have to be missing something. Said, no, we're sure. <laughs> well, good, good for you. Kudos to you uh, on being able to do that. Thank you. Um, what's the favorite part of your job? So I really like, I feel like HR has a, a wonderful duality in that there is the task-oriented side where it's these to-dos and these reports and this part of compliance that I have to do and that really scratches one part of my brain that I love. And then there's the, the people connection part, um, which is, can be any, can be very different on any given day, but I really love that there's, there's both elements. Um, I really like helping, and this may sound cliche, I love to be a resource for our humans. I, I really do. Um, I find it really rewarding to help any of our employees if I can help them take something off their plate or help them through a sticky situation so that they can get back to doing the job they shine at, that really is very fulfilling to me. Seems like it, this was meant to be. You, you hadn't intended on, on, on being in human resources and, and yet clear, clearly uh, it's the right fit for you. Uh, it really, it does. It seems like kismet. I, uh, I'm very thankful to have stumbled upon not just a job, but a true profession and career path that I love. Um, I, I love coming to work. I love the challenges that come with it. It's it's uh, definitely something that I'm thankful for. So Becca, any last advice for, for HR and employee benefits leaders who are tuning in right now specific to culture, uh, um, taking care of your employees, uh, hiring, recruiting, turnover, any of the things that we talked about or anything that we missed? I think just in connection with that last question you had and what I like, one thing I've, I've heard often um, from friends in other positions or, or colleagues is they often find that their human resources departments um, can be 
a little removed or hard to reach. And I would say, don't forget that that human connection part of the job um, to be the resource to your employees. I think that it is so important. And I'm really thankful with how um, much my this company supports me in spending time and investing energy into that. Um, try to be that resource for your employees. Um, you know, if you can answer their um, benefit question quickly instead of putting the paperwork in their hand and having them figure it out themselves, it means the world to people. So um, prioritize that just as much as the rest of the to-do lists. Good, great advice. That's what you're there for at the end of the day, right? That's, that's um, I think, very important. And I think saying that that's what you're there for is, is I hope more companies can prioritize that and remember that and that there's real value. It feels very yeah. good. But the, lead, the leadership has to free you. It has to has to also completely, you know, believe in that and 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 free you up to to do that and to focus on that. Absolutely, I don't want to overlook that. I think some do feel their hands are tied to be focusing on other things. Yeah, I'm very thankful for the leadership that we have here that they do value that. Um, but you know, be the voice to encourage them to consider it if they're not currently doing so. Yeah. Just to end on that note, at the end of the day, leadership has to has to walk the talk, so to speak. I mean, when you're talking about culture and all the things we've been talking about, uh, it, it is it is it does have to start at the top. Is that right? It absolutely does. And, um, you know, I'm thankful here that we have that example in, in the ownership and the president of the company. Um, it absolutely stops at the top, starts at the top. And it would be yeah. a real challenge if they weren't if they weren't uh, walking the walk. Right, right. All right, Becca, so we always end every podcast episode with a few rapid fire questions so people could get to know you a little bit better. Uh, are you are you open to that? Good game. Okay, all right. Would you rather do laundry or do the dishes? Right, I have two young children. I'm gonna say I'd rather do laundry. <laughs> all right, favorite TV show that you are currently binging? Currently binging? Um, the only one I can think of that I'm currently watching is the Bachelor series. So. Oh well, you and our producer Kayla and I should chat a little bit after the uh, after this podcast recording. Oh, good, I'm not alone here. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Becca. If you won the lottery tomorrow, what's the first thing you'd do? I would book a vacation, assuming we're through the pandemic. <laughs> Great. You're not alone. I'm sure that would be a lot, a lot of people's uh, first instinct. And Okay. Lastly, this year at One Digital, our theme is to rise. Um, you know, we all went through and we're still going through a, a, a tough time since the beginning of 2020. And so we want to rise in 2021. So how are you going to rise in 2021? Um, I think I'm trying to step out of my comfort zone and um, do things that have scared me a little bit in the past, like this. Talking on a podcast would be something I probably would have respectfully declined in the past. Or um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm taking my term certification test. And so just to push through some things that previously might have scared me off, try to rise and power through them. Excellent. I love that. All right. Thank you again, Becca, for joining us today. Uh, I hope our listeners have learned a thing or two. I'm sure they have uh, that they can take back to their respective organizations. So as always, everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. This has been yet another episode of Friends with Employee Benefits.